Plot, The Lookout, 2007. Chris is a once promising high school athlete whose life is turned upside down following a tragic accident. As he tries to maintain a normal life, he takes a job as a janitor at a bank, where he ultimately finds himself caught up in a planned heist. Voice over off. When you're blind and watching movies, what will you find? A blind superhero whose superpowers are acting like he's not blind. A sighted actor overdramatically touching people's faces. Or maybe the whole joke is that they're bumping into different places. A spectacular, macular Citizen White Cane, the podcast that looks for good blind representation with the frustration of a blind person trying to find something. My name is Sky McLeod. I'm Melissa Bucta. And today we're talking about The Lookout. Yeah, this was your week to pick. Yeah. And I completely forgot this movie existed. And then you picked it and I was like, wait a minute. I feel like I remember hearing about this somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those where I I think it came up for me on a list at one point of blind character movies. And then mm-hmm. I looked up the synopsis that it didn't clearly have a blind character in it, like not the main character. So I was like, I don't I don't know. I'll put this on the on hold. Yeah, we, we are we are dealing with a bit of a blind sidekick situation. Yeah. But, but I think sometimes those are my sometimes they're my favorite. Not yeah, always. Yeah. But sometimes because you're just like they can they can be a little more quirky and like I you don't have to like watch something like I'm blind like every main character right, for some exactly. reason has to do like he's just he's very confident in his and I blindness. think and and this just reminded me like oh yeah I love Jeff Daniels because I think Jeff Daniels is great in this yeah and he, he plays Lewis our our blind sidekick yes uh, and I, I think this character is really warm and really sure of himself and he is kind of damseled at the end, yeah. but you know, the, with the whole with the situation being what it is, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, all right, well, I guess I'll buy this, right? Because it's not like he did it; he did something silly, or it was like, you know, it was just this. Okay, so there's a lot going on in this movie. Um, <laughs> most of the characters are disabled, um, which yes. is what you were talking about before, which is which, really is, cool. which is cool, uh, except for like the least uh, empathetic character. I don't think has a disability who is just very menacing, right? He's <laughs> just there to be scary. He says all of two words yeah and and it's very scary Um, yeah but our so chris uh joseph gordon levitt our main character has uh has a brain injury sustained a brain injury yeah and lewis is blind and matthew good uh aka gary is his character uh has asthma yeah so we have and they're i mean in a lot of ways kind of the the main character there it you know there is a somewhat of a ensemble cast or a lot of people actually yeah. in the well, movie and then but. there's lovely who be, who becomes um chris's girlfriend played by isla fisher yeah which well. i don't think she does have a disability i guess no i don't i don't think she does she's no. just kind of a so okay plot of the movie joseph gordon levitt um basically because he sustained this brain injury in high school was a very promising athlete and then all of that was taken away from him which i'm, I'm making it sound you know 
ridiculous. Um, but it's it's not played that way. I think it's done pretty. No, like, it's, it's done fairly well. I mean, yes, this movie in a few spots veers into the melodramatic, honestly. But it's for the most part, it's it is a. I don't. I didn't really find it thrilling enough to be classified as a thriller, but that's what it's. It's a crime it's, drama. It's a crime I think drama. Is what it's yeah. considered. It's a character study. It is. But it's, yeah. it's also a movie that very much takes it t- its time. Like I don't mind a slow movie, so it doesn't. It didn't really bother me. But I could definitely see like my parents watching this or people watching it and being like, "Man, this movie is slow <laughs> and nothing actually happens." And that's un- wh- until like the last. 30 minutes. Yeah. See, it's funny because I was just like, normally I feel like the movies we watch are slow. And I was like, oh, this one's actually engaging. It doesn't feel so slow. Oh, yeah. No, ones. I, yeah, I was very much engaged the whole way through. But I, but man, there were, there's a couple times where I'm just like, mm, yeah, it's a little slow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's like, I, I, I just get lost. I, a movie loses me if it's trying to do too much too quickly and so I just am like I find a movie very slow if you just feel like it's kind of abandoned you and I'm like okay well it's like I am <laughs> I am walking and you are like taking a fast train and so I'm just kind of over you and I don't you know but like I feel like this movie for me it went at a good pace I felt mm-hmm. like I could really mm-hmm. I actually got to know the characters and the world that they were in yeah. and, and you don't it's one of those movies where they don't just feed you everything that happens in this universe and a lot of it is kind of like built up um you know there are many reveals in the movie um so i i it's it's definitely paced more in a movie in the way that i can handle movies being paced so Mm -hmm. but i'm also like i guess every time i'm like oh this movie it's so engaging people like it's boring and then every time i'm bored by movie they're like it's engaging so i guess i'm just (laughs) the opposite person well this movie takes place in kansas city so it's like it's a small town crime movie though it's mostly i think filmed in like uh manitoba or something it's very random does not surprise me at all (laughs) yeah um but it is uh yeah it's a it is like it has a small the plot has a small town Mm -hmm. vibe right basically the we're not really sure how Gary as far as what Gary was who Gary was in Chris's past but Gary basically reappears essentially out of the out of the past and yes, Chris Pratt Joseph Gordon-Levitt his which, character's name is Chris Pratt which we're just gonna get this out of the way his which, character's name is Chris Pratt so we were talking about when we say Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Chris Pratt it's not like a weird not, don't be too confused because that's the same character it's yes. just he's not playing Chris Pratt the actor who is apparently not even in Parks and Rec yet which is I guess why <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is named Chris Pratt but it is not don't um don't think we're talking about two different people one played by Chris Pratt and one played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt so, same thing same person <laughs> yeah it's so confusing it's just like out of all the names you could pick out of the universe anyway uh yeah. but gary reappears out of chris's past and and, and essentially befriends him and yes. then and and just uh does he even just chris does chris pratt even know like what uh, no. know him that I, well i think he didn't really remember he him. dated he dated his sister right and then i think it was that he was like, oh, I dated your sister, but didn't, like, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like, oh, well, I guess he has a brain injury, so he's probably like, oh, I don't, I, because I had a brain injury, yeah, right, I don't remember right. you. Right, well, and we, and we <laughs> experience the injury through uh, his, it, one of the symptoms of his, of his injuries, he has trouble sequencing events, yeah. so he has trouble keeping track of and putting things in order, basically, so he carries a, a notebook yeah. around with him, and there's, um, he and Lewis have a really interesting conversation in the kitchen over dinner about 
how uh, it is easier for his care for Chris to sequence things from the end, right? Go from the, the end forward, or right. go go from, from the, the end start backwards. with the end and then backwards. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Which is which is really interesting because this whole movie could have been like that. This whole movie could have been much they more. They could have done memento. Or it something. could have it could have felt more like memento, <laughs> and it it definitely is it's not. It's very it is a very like, straight through. It's not trying to be like, because I think the fact that you have, it's also kind of interesting, you have all these disabled characters, so it's not trying to be like, we're going to use the film, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you perceive the world? Like, it's not as gimmicky because it's like you actually do have enough disabled characters that you can't do that because they have multiple disabilities that wouldn't necessarily make sense to capture, you know, you can't have Memento that's all a podcast because it's like black, (laughs) I mean, obviously, (laughs) that would be ridiculous. Um, But um, yeah, I I like how just like very like this is what happens and you it feels like you're invited into the world as opposed to feeling like the world is like ah look at me like it feels yeah. like you're you're kind of like yeah. in these people's lives in a in a way which I always right. really appreciate at, at that. no point do we see from Lewis's perspective you know at no point do we see the world from his perspective but oh, we is, you know but we but we I feel like I have I've experienced the world from his perspective just because of the uh, the characters or the actors are so good at portraying right. these characters and the story is really solid. It's like very matter of fact too that you don't it feels like you can kind of take your own um perspective on it but like you really are asked to empathize with the characters but in a more natural way not in like a gimmicky way which is which I, I I like that a lot. And I love the relationship that Lewis and Chris have of just like being like disabled. It's funny. Right, right. And like the, it, there's a, <laughs> yeah. The, basically the life skills center that Chris has been working at for, or taking classes at for years, roomed them together. Right, right. And they they have like a sweet friendship. And it's kind of sad that they do the whole like romantic comedy, like, oh, they have to break up in oh, the middle I know. of it. There's a, oh. Well, well because, um, because unfortunately Gary becomes a, a very, big part in Chris's life and Gary is kind of sort of swaying him uh to to well, be an well, asshole yeah. basically but just and and that that part I did find a little frustrating, frustrating. It yeah. was, that part was very paint by numbers and I'm just like oh my god okay and now this is gonna happen and right oh now he's mad at Lewis and now he's gonna um and he's spending more time with his girlfriend who who's in on this whole thing and and they're going to break up and blah. Mm. yeah it's it it does that part i think also drags a little bit cuz it's a little more predictable um yeah i mean cuz this this movie i mean we said that the the whole movie is is about how Joseph Gordon-Levitt is um basically like Tricks. I don't know if it's the right word, but he's kind of groomed to become yeah, I think part groomed, of groomed a yeah, word. yeah yeah groomed yeah. to become part of a um a bank heist because he works at a bank cleaning at night um and basically is kind of manipulated and it, I think it's like he's manipulated and they use his disability in a lot of ways mm-hmm. to manipulate him but mm-hmm. I think at the same time they don't well first of all they don't take his agency completely away from him throughout like by the end of the movie like you know it's not like he's damsel and someone has to rescue him so there's that but I think it's also like you I don't know and it's hard because I'm like I wonder if it was a blind character if I would have been more pissed off because I'm like what why are you dancing this blind character I like thought about that a lot but I do it felt kind of like the way that they build up the grooming you it doesn't feel like they're just like it, it's so it, dependent on him being right. it feels 
to me, it felt believable. Be- yeah. Because, uh, and you know, uh, Matthew Good's character, Gary, he's very much an Iago, uh, yeah, Iago figure in this story because he's grooming and baiting him, Chris, the whole way, basically. The whole money and power speech. Yeah. You know, and, and we've seen how Chris feels very powerless in his life. He right, doesn't right. feel like he has a lot of agency. He it, he does feel like in some ways that his friendship with Lewis is holding him back. And the fact that all he wants to do is become a teller at this bank that he works at. And he's been practicing. Right. Because it's a, it's a lot more ableism is kind of like is more. It, it, it does do a good job of making ableism the villain. Because it's like the fact that he can't get that job feels like it's because he has a brain injury and it's not being taken seriously. And like the fact that he is, you know, struggling in the different ways that he's, it, it, it feels more like the world is just not giving mm-hmm. him credit in a lot of ways. This feels like a much more polished and more sophisticated version of Bag, Borrow, and Steal. Yeah, honestly. it does. Yeah. Yeah, but it's interesting because it is like the it's a little more complicated than because Big Barrow Steel is like so high concept. Oh, sure. Like, let's have disabled people (laughs) rob a bank or like rob a museum. But it's true that there's so much thematic like similarities because I mean, to spoil this movie, it is worth going and watching it. But like, I think so. Yeah. But um, by the end of it, like at the very end, we find out that like even though the FBI like investigates the bank robbery and, and so much happens. video footage because, <laughs> right. the, because one of the idiots cut the wrong line he cut the phone line instead of the video line and so there is footage of chris letting these assholes into the bank but then there's also footage of them holding him at gunpoint exactly. the whole time yeah, and so exactly. and so they're like because so it's kind of like i liked that it wasn't just like oh he has a disability and that's the reason why they decided he couldn't do it like i like that there was also like legitimate proof that he was being held at gunpoint mm-hmm. And so he winds up not needing to do jail time because of that. And it really, like, that felt like, I I don't know. I do like when that kind of justice happens because it <laughs> yeah. doesn't usually happen in real life. Right. Um, well, but. And, and I, I really liked the fact that, uh, that we get to see that shift in this character. And granted, it, it doesn't happen until five minutes before the bank heist. But still, because we learn that the bank manager uh, actually has been really impressed with his work and and does relent and says yes you, you let's get you some teller time you know and then right. you get to see it on Chris's face he realizes i've had power all along i have had agency all along and what i'm about to do to ruin these people's lives this isn't this isn't who i am this isn't yeah. how i want to get it this isn't how i want to use my power it's a, I mean, it's a really well paced and. Re- I mean, I thought the screenplay was really good. I, I, the, you know, it's just like a very good textbook screenplay. <laughs> like if you, like, it, it's something that I think should probably be taught in like classes of things. Like, just like this is, this is like the most like on it pacing like developing these characters and the way that he like and even though there are like and there are times where it is kind of like by the books kind of cliche mm-hmm. this is what's gonna happen and you know I mean in some ways him finding that out right as the climax happens is kind of it is kind of cliche it is very sure. much like a yeah. thing you are supposed to do but it like right. it works to kind of maintain the emotional energy because it is I think it is much more compelling when you have a situation that you just can't get out of, like, and you you believe how he got there and how he had to, like, mm-hmm. 
not totally listen to like his own intuition about it and like he did like it took a long time for them to like kind of wear him down and you bought that like he continuously was like skeptical and really was like kind of like believed in it for like very short period of time right because he thought (laughs) well yeah because he believed what uh, what Gary was feeding him basically like oh well this is this you you want this you want to open a restaurant you want to be in a vis- business adventure you know you want to be out from under your father's thumb like this I have a way to get you independence right all you know it involves screwing over everyone that you know basically and doing something that's incredibly illegal yeah but but I have I have a way out and then and then he realizes like oh the like hard way is the, is the better way <laughs> yeah yeah but well, yeah he realizes that my life, I I am in control of my life. I have my own agency, and it, it's it's almost kind of like a whole like it's a wonderful life thing. Like, yeah, it's just like I actually uh, had have a really great life. Yeah, and I don't classic. need to again do this. a classic screenplay construction. Thing sure, just yeah, like yeah, realizing what you have once it's like being threatened, and it is like the climax of this movie is oh my god, it is very overwhelming <laughs> i was yeah i mean i must say i definitely was on the edge of my seat for like 25 minutes because it's like yeah. sometimes when a climax is that long you're like oh, whatever but this no, was this just like just oh my god goes. oh my god oh my god yeah 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 like i well, think i had to pause it for some reason during the movie and i was like ah <laughs> just like oh my god i need a break yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it is it is uh because i mean obviously the bank robbery is botched uh because chris tries to get out of it and can't right. uh, and unfortunately um officer ted is is a casualty of the event which is very sad because really we have this sad. very bumbling and it's so sad he's a new parent and I it's just know. like it's actually he's just really a depressing good person he brings chris donuts he comes to see him and everything and and even though chris is really prickly to him towards the end you know which i think is because of he's gonna rob the bank so he basically like has yeah. to be he's pushing pushing him away yeah um, yeah because he doesn't want to get in trouble he doesn't want ted to get in trouble or him to get in trouble but you know and ted says the very cliched thing of like you know it's not about the bank i could give a shit about the bank i come to see you yeah i'm you know he he's your friend and then it finally clicks and it's just like oh wow yeah i can't realize the better people in your life that cared more about that cared about your well-being and i think it's like that the difference between caring about your well-being and like oh i can get you something versus like the people who truly cared about his well-being which were like lewis and the cop yes because because gary and and lovely and his gang are just here to take advantage of him that's it they don't give a crap you know right whether he lives or dies obviously <laughs> yeah because they almost because they try to kill him for a while in the climax because we have the bank robbery um happens but basically is botched because because we have like that relationship mm-hmm. with the uh, mm-hmm. what is the police officer's name ted. They, ted they call him deputy donut but his deputy name is ted donut. yeah because but because he comes back and it's like i'm really sorry about what happened before and then he finds out he basically is able to see what happens but then it is but then yeah he gets killed and joseph gordon gets like in, in a flight in a just panic gets in the getaway car and like leaves drives. yeah and he's got all the money and everything in the back of his car right and, yeah and, and then, then you have this amazing this amazing scene that i yeah. that really worked for me where he's like because this whole movie he's been taking these notes of like all the different um like things like they start from the from the end and then go to you know and they go from there to the beginning and like all this 
different money whoever has the money has the power and you have this moment where he goes through it and you're like and he devises a plan using all of those ideas in his notebook Mm -hmm. Uh, and it is just like a beautiful moment of like everything had a different a completely different meaning when he writes it down um than it does in that moment which again classic like you did good in your screenwriting <laughs> like yes, like that is yes. the classic thing of like setting up all these things that then uh, the meaning is changed right. once everything, the climax happens everything that's set up is paid off right in a right. different way but it's all it's all paid off uh, and, and we have to save we have to save lewis because they they kidnap they him. kidnap lewis they get to his house before he does or their apartment and chris sets up a meeting an exchange basically lewis for the money essentially right. but chris's plan is to off everyone else right right to kill them and he has to but he starts his plan starts by he's like okay i have to kill bone i think is the yeah one bones is name it's yeah the silent guy yeah, yeah yeah and then he's like okay but i would have to kill uh, no was it kill gary first kill gary. it's kill yeah. gary first because he was like that's what i have to do then and then i have to kill Bo-. and then he like works his way backwards on what all the things that he has to do um but it is like there, yeah, it, it is something I, I think also that using the way that he functions as a part of who he is, mm-hmm. that's like that at sometimes is, um, you know, something that people are taking advantage of him. But at other times is the well, way he like regains power. Right. And, and, cognizance. It, and it isn't a story of these of all these people who have disabilities. It's not a story about them overcoming. Right. <laughs> it's about, it's finally, about like actually living with this. Right. Like using like controlling the situation the way the only way he can because that's how his brain works yeah and i i also like that lewis is i, I like that he does all the stuff in the beginning of the movie we see him like um calling chris and being like you you need to do this and this or like this is this is how I, you're gonna cook the meal and it's like mm-hmm. there is like something I think there was, a, I don't know why they felt that so sweet, but like that kind of watching out for each other yeah. of the two of them and like how it, it just felt like kind of like the crip friendship aspect of it, I thought was yes. really sweet of just like, you don't need an able person. As a disabled person, it's not like you need to live with an able person. Like we can be in community the same way anyone else can be in community. And like there, even if you are both having, you know, struggling with ableism in the world there's still a lot that you can do to support each other and like and how much lewis was did to like you know give him like just yeah make him think about like that like the the end to the beginning but like right you know just all the ways where he was kind of helping him reframe things and understand mm-hmm. things and then and but not helping him like helping him as like you said a friend not not necessarily right, right. hand holding him and then chris you know returns the favor in a sense that chris is never ever Handholding Lewis or coddling Lewis or whatever. Like right. Lewis, Lewis has more of his shit worked out than Chris right, right. does. He to does. be, to yeah. be honest, and that they're like going to, uh, they want to open a restaurant together. And there's something very, it's just like sweet. I mean, it was like it was, I was like, oh, it's like how we do the podcast together. It's just like <laughs> it's just like a cute thing of like of two like disabled friends, kind of just being supportive of each other and and having that understanding of how you interact with the world and and you know being there and not kind of just like underestimating him also like Mm -hmm. really treating him with the true the full dignity of a human whereas i think that like the rest of them did not have treat like the the um the you know the crew that (laughs) robs the bank didn't have that same like they saw him as 
a human. Like, right. But... Oh, they saw him as a means to an end. Right, exactly. He works at this small bank, at this small town bank where all the farmer's money gets deposited. And he's he can be easily manipulated to get him um, to get him do what we want right basically. and that's how they see him and 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 then they're wrong which is also good about the movie mm-hmm. um but well, and even and and at the end when lovely kind of sort of just completely drops out of the out of the picture it just disappears and i don't don't understand but yeah okay. that part was weird because i couldn't i think i lay down uh, on the side of she's in on it she she had to be in on it yeah because i kept flip-flopping watching the movie I'm like, okay, but but she has to be because she's right, running with she's Gary. Right, she's like living like, at the house that right, all the other people right. are with the rob the bank. But then so. I'm like, but then she finds the guns in the back of of Gary's car and kind of, and it feels like she's like looking at them for the first time. And so I'm thinking, okay, but is she though? But I I guess she was, and because we see kind of Gary, or sorry, not Gary, we see Chris putting everything together via flashback, basically, and. I, mean, I think she's in on it, so... Yeah, and I think in some ways she had to be, because it's kind of like, I don't think Gary was... Uh, he didn't seem, like, totally charismatic enough to, like, be uh, <laughs> able to, like, fully groom him, I feel like. You know, he's, oh, like... Oh, she helped, absolutely. Like, I think she was a pretty integral part of the grooming process, mm-hmm. because, like, kind of taking advantage of the fact that, like, disabled people, you know, are not always seen as sexual right or, some of, you know, some of us or not just... seen as serious for relationships yeah um and so i think that like that aspect of it felt like it made sense as part of the grooming process that that would be part of it especially since she seemed like to be pretty aware of like the stuff that like they seemed she seemed like she was we see different parts of them interacting and she seems like she knows the, the whole gang really well. Mm-hmm. Like she seems well, like, she, but then that she's kind of lying about who she right. is. And the only know? person who can see through all of her bullshit is Lewis. Lewis. Classic blind person thing. Yeah. Like her, <laughs> she, uh, her and Lewis have a conversation and Lewis basically calls her out on all of her shit. Yeah. Though he is like weirdly against strippers in a way that's like, come on, dude. <laughs> okay, dude. Get no, over it. it's not. <laughs> It's not, yeah, it's not a yeah. problem if she's a stripper. Well, but, she's an ex-stripper. Wait, she was an ex-stripper, but he was, like, very, like, you can't be serious. Of, <laughs> like, which, and so, I mean, it's it's a tricky, that's a tricky one, because it's, like, I mean, you know, I think what, I mean, he was perceiving something that was correct, but at the same time, it's, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> well, he's it got is, his, like, this weird, he's like. He's got his own biases. Right. Well, I guess if you, I mean, I guess as blind people, strippers are not as alluring because you yeah, can't well, see. You it's can't an see, entirely a yeah. visual performance. Yeah. I mean, a lap dance maybe, but sure. you don't have as much of the, it's strip, like as a um a viewer of, of stripping, you, you're you more limited as a blind person than <laughs> sighted people are. It's like uh, in blind dating. Um. There you go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, I, I think overall, though, it. I mean, Lewis, though, as, other than oh, the weird stripper thing, I feel like we're always like, I like this character, except for all that weird uh, hating strippers one thing. little quirk, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. usually about hating strippers for some reason. <laughs> I don't understand why that's so normalized. But anyway, so he, but he does, he sees, it kind of works because he sees past what she's doing. But at the same time, it does, like, if you don't think that she's doing anything wrong, it seems mm-hmm. like he's being a dick by being True. like, you know, why can't Joseph Gordon-Levitt have a, 
pretty girlfriend. <laughs> you know, why right, why is it right. that this person is automatically, you know, not um can't possibly be into him? Like that is like kind of an ableist perspective. Mm-hmm. So it is like so you kind of see how like what Lewis was picking up on was was legitimate stuff. He felt like it was weird, but he kind but in some ways the like the the like seed of that was that was sort of a weird ableist kind of idea about like how someone how he must be taking advantage like she must be taking advantage of him but he was also perceive I think he was also perceiving other aspects that you know kind of were illuminating the entire what the situation really was because he was right but then but then it's like you can also see it also was believable why Joseph Gordon-Levitt would be pissed off at him because it just does like if you're not seeing it that if you're not seeing oh, yeah. it that way, well, it's and, like and he's a dick at, move. <laughs> right, and at this point, he's still wearing rose-tinted glasses. You know, he's right. got, he has friends now. He's got a serious girlfriend. You know, okay, he doesn't need Lewis. Like, right, Lewis, right. Lewis is this disabled part, you know, this p- part of his life that's still disability and then is Which I think back. is part of what Lewis also was probably noticing as well. Is kind oh, of yeah, like that Jessica Gordon-Levitt was so entranced and that he was kind of like... Like, I think that that pulling away and it is hard. It's like when you're like starting in an abusive relationship and when the person's trying to isolate you and then there's like mm-hmm. friends that usually your closest friends are the people that they want not to be your friends, which is kind of what this is, basically. And so it's like those people tend to be the most like, I don't want you to leave. But then you kind of what happens is you make it worse because you're like, <laughs> you. I can see that you're being manipulated. But like, that's not necessarily what that person is either able to hear but also like it's not always the most effective way to get someone out of an abusive relationship um so there is like but i think that that is such a common thing at the beginning of an abusive relationship is like someone is like the close friend who really genuinely cares about this person can see that Mm -hmm. something's going wrong Mm -hmm. and this person has been like love bombed and is being like groomed for the relationship and it's not you know it's just in a stage where they're not able to see it and and there's and I think there's just like that natural thing of like if I just say something <laughs> everything right, will change right. which well, in this movie it sort of does sort <laughs> of does yeah I mean and he has to make the choice you know do I let this play out and and let my friend learn a hor- you know learn a horrible awful lesson even though Lewis doesn't know anything about the bank robbery until the end uh, right. about all of that or do I intervene on behalf of my friend and try and get him to see reason right and it's like one of those things where it's like how you there's no good option in that situation Mm -hmm. but but you know i think that like it is it is interesting that he like very quickly calls like this it is only like a couple scenes later when jessica gordon levitt is like no never like calls lewis right at the beginning of the bank robbery it's like come get me save me and he's like i don't know what you're talking about um Mm -hmm. but at that point they're like not really communicating very effective you know like they're kind right. of not really on good speaking terms right so but even like, but even even then lewis is just like i'll see you at home like, right we'll, right we'll, like, we'll like, talk I'm about it home right we'll talk about when we get home yeah do that and then yeah. so it's but i mean this like it, it's a really good <laughs> really good study for a screenplay it's a good screenplay <laughs> um uh, yeah i don't know what are there other things that like about lewis i'm trying to think if we he's he's a weird womanizer kind of <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess. He's like kind of fully flirts with a lot of people. Yeah. I like I like the guy when they try to get a loan for the <laughs> That was a shop. cute scene. Yeah. And they're, they're, yeah. he's like, my name's, he's like, oh, we'll name a sandwich after you. And the guy's like, my name's Ruben. He's <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like everything stops. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, that was a good bit. Um, yeah. Well, and, and Jeff Daniels is a, is a very comedic actor. So yeah. he, he gave this character uh, just a really warm, uh, kind of snarky, you know, just like fun presence. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely like when he's on screen, you enjoy watching him. He's mm-hmm. like very charismatic character. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's just, that's a testament to good acting. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like, it, it's nice too when a blind character feels like they kind of pop for just being kind of a fun right. person that's enjoyable to like listen to and, and watch like that. I feel like we don't get that very often. So it's kind of nice when that happens when right. you're just like, oh yeah, it's I like mean, I like this character. Yeah. I mean, do I, you know, obviously as a blind person, do I wish Lewis had more to do? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Sure. Of course I do. But honestly, I think that the rest of the movie surrounding the characters uh, was just so enjoyable. I'm just... Yeah. 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 And I think he like I mean I think for it being a movie and the you know the time frame that it has to take place in and the amount of characters that are in it and the things that happen. You know, it's like you're kind of just like I don't know how he could be in too much more. Like he feels mm-hmm. like he's in the scenes it makes sense for him to be in too. Mm-hmm. So like he does get to do I feel like he does get to do a lot for like a psych, you know, like Neil Patrick Harris weirdest blind character ever from Beastly. <laughs> yes. Um he you know is in like three scenes of that movie. But well, like and, and his blindness feels like a device like yeah. I didn't feel like Lewis's blindness felt like a device like at first my hackles were kind of raised because I was like oh yeah great because you know disabled people and disabled people right. like we're just gonna connect right exactly super well but but you find out that you know Lewis kind of sort of has a, tra- a little bit of a tragic backstory too that he's over, you know, working to get through. Right, right. And they do have just like a sweet friend. And you see that there's like genuine friendship there. That it's not yeah, like, oh, yeah. these disabled people got to live together, right. you know. And that's and that's when it hurt, it hurts more when, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character out of nowhere is just like, well, I'm moving out. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my, oh my oh, God. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, I was expecting that to happen. But still, oh my God. Like, but how could you do that to Lewis? And well, and even during the, the dinner scene, um, when uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt couldn't find the can opener and just destroys the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Basically, you know, Lewis comes home, finds the dented cans of tomato sauce, and it it isn't a scene of them fighting. You know, the, the yeah. next scene is them cooking dinner together because yeah. Lewis understands. Right. And they're both working through It's like that disability. patience and empathy towards someone, which, you know, people, able people could have it, but, you know, they just don't always. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is, mm-hmm. sometimes disabled people just have a better understanding. Like, you just, you just get it. Like, you can see a situation happening and you just have a better sense of what happened that I think an able person is just not necessarily thinking about it all the time. It's just going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Why is the kitchen a mess? Whereas, like, you can just have, which is, it's right. also, I right. mean, as a blind person, I kind of, even that, I was like, I would only be like slightly stressed I out. I would by be that. really pissed off if I came home and then <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, you know, <laughs> like, but, but you know what? They've probably have done this dance a so bunch of times. many times. Yeah. Yep. It just yep. kind of, it is interesting. I mean, and I think it's one of the weird things with these these movies is they do kind of gloss over that aspect of it. It's like a blind person's going to get really frustrated if all their stuff is moved around. <laughs> like, which we we can remember in a movie if it's just the blind person, but if they live with another disabled person, then the dis- the other disabled person is allowed to, like, move things around and no one notices. Um, but, like, I think, 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those weird things where I don't, it's hard because I'm like, I don't know how much it'd be, it's not really fun to watch two disabled people whose disabilities are kind of like coming up against each other for whatever reason, like fighting, like I don't want to watch that. (laughs) So I guess it's like, you know, but yeah, I I was kind of funny because I was like, most blind characters, I feel like would be like, why is everything in a different place that I Mm -hmm. expect it to be? But, but I, you also have the empathy with the frustration of like, I think, you know, any disabled person knows how you just get frustrated sometimes and, and like can have that level of empathy about it. Yeah. Um, well, and, and hopping around to the end again, I, I like, yeah, I liked that in the end it worked out yeah, for everyone. Yeah, it's really sweet. In the, except in the for end. our, our um, donut. Uh, except for Ted. Yeah. 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 Kind of Ted kind of sort of dies and then he's just never brought up again and I was just like oh, are we really not gonna okay well all right yeah that did make that me sad bit of, a, bit of unceremonious departure there yeah because it's like it felt like one of those like oh you gotta have a casualty so it seems like some you know that's not exactly. a bad guy exactly as soon then, as as soon as he stops and and decides to go pursue the the heist I was like oh he's dead right there's no there, there's no scenario in which he gets out of this alive which is so sad unfortunately um but yeah. It's it is that that's really sad though I guess you know he was a very nice cop which he was I, a very nice cop. which you know I don't and like cops but he no, was a, yeah. he was in this movie a very nice cop he's very you know he's a small town <laughs> yeah small he was town like cop. kind of felt like so, yeah someone who knew everyone so he, right. he didn't have that like and he's legitimately you know coming to check on Chris not because he's like oh I should make sure this disabled person doesn't blow the bank up or whatever but just because. He's come to like him and and they enjoy their they have their friendship too. Yeah, it is really. Yeah, he's a a very sweet and you see and there is also that like when they build up that tension of like Jessica and Levin needing to tell him off. It's also oh, like yeah. you kind of understand. I mean, there's something weirdly like genuine about that too of he's like pushing him away because he doesn't want him to get hurt. Right, but then he also like I think that also like that dealing with as an able person trying to navigate having a close disabled per- like friend especially someone who there's someone in your life who's disabled especially someone who is still like dealing with like a kind of a recovery process of some kind where you really like just haven't fully accepted your disability it's not like it mm-hmm. is not 100% your identity yet of like you know and I think like that kind of like that frustration like almost like when you're a teenager kind of like angry <laughs> like you know and I think there is some of that navigating of like why are you checking up on me and like on a bad day like I do understand that as well like you know I think it's like oh, he yeah. also used a very yeah. real which is almost why it feels more painful because you're like because there he did use something that is somewhat truthful as well and that's always like you know it would be better if it was something that wasn't that was just a lie but like there was there was some truth I think in what he was saying that like I don't need you to check up on me I'm okay it's like why is everyone treating me like a child which is like a fair thing but you also like like and and it could be that that was genuinely what he was thinking in that time because he was trying to push him away for him to not get hurt. But I think you know there's probably some genuineness oh, yeah, to definitely. that as well at that moment. Well, and he's all he's still kind of hyped up on like Gary's whole like yeah power power take right, back your right. power exactly you know, exactly power and money speech and everything. So now I mean that that's why he announces <laughs> out of nowhere he's moving out uh, out from Lewis's place. He pushes Officer Ted away. You know he he is on the cusp of becoming an asshole, basically. Yeah, and I think, like, that... I mean, there is also something like him being... 
you know, vulnerable and then groomed mm-hmm. because of that. And then like, right. but he, right. But even then when he's, when he's doing all this stuff and he's becoming an asshole and I'm like, but I'm kind of still sitting there and being like, I, I understand though. Right. Why he's making these choices as someone who has felt powerless. Exactly. His entire, like after the brain injury as someone who's just felt powerless yeah and then you're you're given and money is powerless actually sure. technically whoever technically, has the money yeah, has, has the power, power that yeah. is accurate <laughs> so there's also like whoever you do, has the gold makes the rules yeah, yeah yeah it is it's not a good thing but yeah no. it just all of it feels very emotionally true you never felt like you know some of it's cliche but it all feels like I understand. <laughs> like, you know, a part of you, even when you're angry at a character for behaving in a certain way, you also, like, understand why they're doing it, in, given everything that's happened up until this point. So, yeah, good movie. Is there other stuff we want to talk about? I don't know. I think I'm ready to rate it, honestly. Okay. Do you yeah. want to go first? Sure, sure. Um, This is a solid 2400 for me, honestly. Nice. And it's, like, my, my... That's my good average good... <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah. It's a good sit score. Um, Yeah, I... I very much enjoyed this a whole lot more than I thought I was going to. Uh, but it just, it kind of sort of scratches. I mean, like I said, I love a good character study. And this scratches that itch uh, yeah, for me. And I, I very much enjoyed all of the characters, both good and bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it just, you know, it's just a solid, solid film, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a 2200, which is my solid good movie that I'm rating. <laughs> yes. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it did, uh, a great, like, it's just well-crafted. I think when I saw people were like, it's crit- critically acclaimed, I was like, oh no, critically acclaimed movie with a blind <laughs> character. Those are usually the most offensive ones we watch, um, cause they're ridiculous. Um, but I was like, oh, I understand why this is critically acclaimed. It's not cause it's like has stupid blind character bullshit. Um, it is very like... You know, it, it deals with disability in uh, a very uh, empathetic way. And mm-hmm. we have, you know, characters that, yeah, have some, do get some agency and are, you know, have perceptual disabilities and are still pretty aware of the situation and feel like they, they both struggle, but also like are fully human <laughs> capable people and, and all of the bad guys get their very yes. very well-deserved just desserts it's, he his plan goes to fruition and he does in fact off yes gary and bone but, you know. if you and, and if you're you teach uh screenwriting to kids or whatever you should, you should this is a good this is a good movie it should be in this should be in a college like class or something. It's it's really it's it's the it's just a, such a perfect screenplay of like all the things you're supposed to hit. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's it's a good it's a good example of a movie. It does it does a <laughs> good job, and you have a lot of disabled characters. We didn't even talk about how um, in the car accident that makes Joseph Gordon Levitt blind. Or not or blind, sorry, but with brain, a brain injury. Brain injury it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm so used to saying blind on this podcast. Um, he's the he's with three other people, but the only other person who survives is his girlfriend, which we don't even really. I don't. Do we know that it's his girlfriend? I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, Im- it's prom night, so it's implied. Yeah, kind of because there's that two couples, girlfriend. so I couldn't tell right. if it was like the other. Right. But I think they might. I think the other one might have been brunette, so you could tell. Yeah, well, and he's basically been stalking her. It's not not stalking her, but. But he has been watching her from afar. Right. Basically. But they've like not really talked. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting because the movie doesn't, they don't talk. Like he has a dream near the end that they do, but they just, Mm -hmm. they just, in the end, it's like, I hope someday this will happen, which is kind of an interesting, like, 
way of like it doesn't tie that up at all which i kind of no, but he's not kind of but he's beginning to work through it like he's actually gonna unpack it now instead of just burying it which is not you know because i think for all the ways that it's like a very clean perfect string play i like that it was like we're not going to solve all these problems like this is this is just the beginning and on top of that it's like he can't solve necessarily the problem of the fact that she's not ready to talk to him like that's a waiting game Mm -hmm. (laughs) so there's also something kind of like you know there is that like ambiguity and there are things that are out of your control (laughs) and um and i think and then also that she um lost a leg we see Mm -hmm. and from the accident so you know we have another disabled character even though we don't get to hear a lot from her because she is actively not talking to him um but there is like that kind of you know i think that the fact that he is like he needs to come to terms with the loss and waiting for her and that yeah the things won't be wrapped up but that also like yeah that you don't need full control over things you just like it's it's just about you know kind of making (laughs) when you make bad decisions trying to do your best to do the right thing by the end is kind of the moral of the movie which i i think that's a good moral like you know i think it's better to you know make mistakes and then do your best to (laughs) to make them better (laughs) is probably a more achievable goal than like do everything right the first time um right right. but but yeah and it's just and it it feels real in many ways and i think the not tying up the that end of it like the fact that he doesn't talk to her ever like in the movie or she's not ready to talk to him i think like that is another thing that makes it feel more real just because it's like yeah that's how life is it's messy (laughs) like you know you don't get the perfect ending so so i kind of like that um but yeah, I don't know. That's the lookout. We liked it. We liked it. <laughs> After yes. Murder by Death, I think we needed a good... <laughs> we needed a good movie yeah. that we actually came away liking. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what are we doing next week, Melissa? Or in two weeks, sorry. In two weeks, yeah. Uh, it, no, it's, it's, it's a lot to get used to. The, I know, um, it's going to take a while. Our new schedule here. In two weeks, we are doing a film called See For Me. Oh, it is new. It this is, is my dad. I was like, you have to do this movie, and I was okay, like, okay, good. I figured someone someone would know about this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we are doing a movie called See for Me. It is uh, available at least right now to rent uh, on iTunes uh, and probably all the usual suspects, but it's available to rent on iTunes. My dad's going to be excited because I was like, we'll do it in October. It's like a horror movie. And he's like, you can't wait until October. I know. And I thought about shelving this one. I was like, (laughs) no, we should just, it's here. We should just do it. Okay. Um, So yeah, so this is a movie called See For Me. Uh, It is classified as a a thriller, uh, basically. and it is it is another uh, home invasion movie. Our favorite. I know our our favorite our favorite genre. But what really interested me about the plot of the film is it it does involve a blind woman, but she in the movie is utilizing an app called See for Me, which is basically yeah, like this. It's a real app. It is a real app. It's the real app is called Be My Eyes. Yeah. Uh, but you you uh, call in to the app and a volunteer will answer the phone and through your phone camera they will help you perform a task or do whatever whatever it is you're doing, basically. So it is she is utilizing this app in in a home invasion and it just sounds sounds it, interesting it sounds interesting it's either the going to be the actor who plays the girl which she's playing like a 17 year old girl which mm-hmm. is very weird it's apparently like 28 years old non-binary and um and and actually blind visually impaired so i was like oh it's like literally me that's very weird that is um, fucking dope <laughs> i'm even more excited to watch this movie um, now but 
yeah so so that's what we're doing in two weeks see for me yeah okay it's not be my eyes it's not be my eyes that's the name of the actual app yeah yeah um <laughs> which i was like yeah that that is it's they're, cl- they're it's close I, I see what they did there i guess mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i mean obviously well, they, they couldn't call it be my eyes that's yeah. copywritten yeah exactly yeah. um <laughs> but we're, we're doing that so uh catch up with us in two weeks yeah and we'll be doing that um i do you want to do blind side we should yeah, yeah absolutely uh so i've got two quick ones this okay week, um because i they kind of fall together uh so i've been doing a lot of museuming Ooh. I did museums last yes, week exactly or so two was, weeks ago so yeah. I was like yeah I'll talk about mine so I had a chance to finally go to the Queen Nefertari exhibit at the art museum and the Van Gogh exhibit at the convention center oh. uh, and I had a wonderful time at both of them um, and I discovered something really cool that my new phone can do actually um so un- unfortunately, the Nefertari exhibit um, and the Van Gogh exhibit, to some extent, uh, they they don't have accessible audio tours oh, offered for them. It does suck. But what I can do is now with my phone, I can point my camera at text, take a picture. My phone will recognize yeah. that it's text and it I will read it to me. I shared that on this podcast, remember? That's right. <laughs> you can edit that out. No, it's okay. Anyway. <laughs> but I did use the text-to-speech feature. Um, the or the I guess it's like OCR. Oh yeah, OCR. the OCR. Yeah, yeah. I I use that, utilize that, and it was awesome. And I just cruised through the exhibits. Nice. Um, the, ne- the Queen Nefertari's exhibit was amazing. Um, it was just so. Um, as someone who is obsessed with ancient Egypt and has been since since I was a little kid, uh, it was amazing to actually see artifacts that have come from Egypt that were touched by. Hands, you know, and made at the temple in Karnak, or came from the lower kingdom, or then the upper kingdom, and um, just are so old and ancient <laughs> and amazing, and had been repurposed by other people, and it, it's just really cool. Uh, the the artifacts, there's over 200 artifacts in the exhibit. Wow. It's it's amazing. The whole end of the exhibit is just a coffin room. It's just like <laughs> sarcophagi. Get all your coffins here. So great. Yes. Yes. And all these sarcophagi. And then the last room they have made up to look like uh, Nefertari's burial chamber, basically. And it's really freaking dope. And then nice. the the Beyond Van Gogh exhibit is, a, is an amazing multimedia experience that lets you literally walk through all oh, of Van Gogh's work. I think I've heard about this. I didn't know yeah. it was in Portland. It's it like traveling, right? It, it is traveling exhibit. It's here in Portland. They've extended the the date to like February nineteenth, I guess, because the exhibit is is so uh, doing so well. Um, but it is know. it is a love letter to Vincent Van Gogh's work. Nice. There's just so much love and time and effort and heart put into the exhibit, and I just was not expecting to feel that. And it was it it, it it's astounding. It's gorgeous. It is moving and amazing and uh, beautiful. Literally moving? Literally moving. (laughs) (laughs) And either of these exhibits uh, would be worth the price of admission, would be worth seeing. Nice. Maybe I'll check out that Van Gogh exhibit. It sounds really cool. You should. It is really cool. It is really, really cool. Um, And if it's around until February, that Mm -hmm. might actually be after this podcast gets posted <laughs> so people could actually still go um, <laughs> um okay well my blind aside is something stupid um Yay. So, 
uh, but very fun. Um, so sometimes um, Conrad and I both just sometimes have the urge to watch a very dumb movie, and so we'll have to go through lists of <laughs> dumb movies um, and find a good dumb movie to watch. Um, but a few weeks ago, we watched a movie called Honey. Um, and it oh my god! A okay, great sorry. dumb movie. <laughs> it is starring Jessica Alba, and it is it is about her being like a hip hop choreographer um base it's like the early 2000s um and so you have like oh such 2000 outfits and everything and there is like basically is no legitimate plot it's just like her becoming like being a hip-hop dancer and then like kind of becoming a choreographer and then like and and like having these kids that she's trying to rescue from gangs oh my god there's too much going on here it's very no it's like it sounds like too much but there's very very little happens in this movie oh my god Um, it's very funny um and they're the best part of it and i really want a super cut of this it's just there's like a good five or six different scenes where jessica alba is thinking about choreography not like doing it so at one point she's just like watching people play basketball and she's just and she's just very lightly like putting her hands to the side like she's kind of doing like a sort of like hoop thing but it's like but it's so but she's just thinking about the choreography so she's doing a little bit of it but she's just like not really doing it and just like it's so good it is the best um but it is if you want like a very ridiculous movie with very like just very dumb like uh some there's like cliche hollywood cliche i guess it's the opposite of this movie and that it is mostly cliches and also very dumb <laughs> and silly um but it is just if you want to like laugh at a movie and uh don't want to th- you know think too much but just want something that's very funny to watch uh go watch honey um one of that basically <laughs> the movie that i guess was really jessica alba's first real movie so i don't oh, wow I don't know okay. how this put her on the scene as an as an actress but i guess it did uh, hollywood know. is weird um, but yeah it's definitely but it's worth it, it is worth the the watch and I think uh, we watched it on like Stars, I believe. So I think that's where it's streaming. I don't know if it's streaming other places, nice. but um, Stars st- Stars has a, a weird, a very weird collection, collection of things. Of things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Stars is interesting. They're very yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's Honey. Um, if you want to see a good movie, you can watch The Lookout. And if you want to see a very <laughs> dumb movie. You can watch Honey. Um, uh, yeah, is that the podcast? Did we do I think it? we did a podcast. Yes. yes. And we will be back in two weeks because yep, we're yep. going to be doing, it's it's not what it's, it's I'm already going to forget. <laughs> see it's for me. See for me. I was like, now you see me? No, that's definitely No, that's the magic that's a different movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. That will be, I'm just going to do dumb movies from now on. That will be my uh, blind aside <laughs> for two weeks uh, from now. Okay. Our theme song is by Lucia Fasano. Our YouTube is Citizen White Cane Podcast. Our Twitter is White Cane Pod. Our Instagram and our Facebook are both Citizen White Cane. Our email address is citizenwhitecanepod at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voice message, there's a link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is your favorite um, hip hop choreography? <laughs> what is your stance on having uh, a Thanksgiving dinner the week after Thanksgiving? 
Oh, that's a plot yeah, point in this movie. that's a plot point in this movie. That yay, we yay or nay? Yeah, is. yeah. Um, and uh, what would you name sandwiches uh, if you had a blind and uh, person with brain injury uh, sandwich shop? Perfect. What would the sandwiches be called at that shop? Um, <laughs> any of those <laughs> things, you can leave us a voice message. There's a link in the show notes. And come back in two weeks. Um, we will not see you then. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>